0: Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, August twenty second, two thousand twenty three. This is episode number four hundred and thirty five of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next forty five minutes, me, you, Tree Hugger, Brian Peak, Tree Hugger. It's been a minute, Tree Hugger. Space Tacos, Greg Casey, Evan Barnett, Marcus Kyler, my man carries over there, Julie Ackeron, Brandon Smith. Everybody, The Quiet Gamer, Emilio, folks on LinkedIn, folks on YouTube, squad members, community members, first timers and long timers, we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of these stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize this tactically, strategically at your work to reduce cyber risk for your business? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, you're going to get massive value here, too. The networking is top-notch. The quality of content is top-notch. And you will be asked in any cyber job interview, how do you stay current on the industry? This podcast, what we're doing right here, what you're consuming right now is the answer. So believe that. Also, it's worth half the CPE, so dig into that. Say what's up in chat. Take a screen cap. Get those CPEs two and a half a week, ten a month. It's all gravy, baby. Also want to say, even though we're shredding these stories together, I, just like you, have not looked at these stories in advance. I have not researched. I have not briefed. I didn't get up at four this morning and put a dossier together. I don't even know what stories we're going to be looking at, frankly, and I can't wait because that's the best part of the show. Now, like I said, with half the CPE, say what's up in chat. If you don't know what to say, do me a favor. Hashtag team life like Frank just did. Team Live, if you're here with us right now, we were in, we've were we been averaging over 300 wonderful people in live chat every single morning last week. This week so far, we're one for one, so let's go two for two today if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Also wanna say much love and shout out to Team Replay. If you are in the future watching this in the past, Team Replay, I see you. I had some folks over in New Zealand reach out to me Uh, in in one of my vehicles of communication. I I don't remember which way now, but it has to be Team Replay. It's too too, uh, too middle of the night in New Zealand. I get it. That's why I'm so happy that Team Replay is a force all into itself. Um, Hashtag Team Replay in chat. Also, shout out to Chris Weaver. If you don't know, Chris Weaver is Team Replay, and she puts the timestamps in uh, a comment which I pinned to the video uh, most days. So if you're you know you know kind of you're watching it in 2x let's be real so right now this probably sounds really ridiculous because you're putting in 2x and now i'm talking super fast right but if you want to just jump to the certain stories or go back and revisit team live know that the uh, timestamps are are there in most situations also want to say hashtag passive observer if you are shy you're a regular you're a lurker uh i have a lot of long time first timers uh in chat from time to time Take a step into the sh- uh, into the shadows, into the light from the shadows of social networking, hashtag passive observer. Let the Simply Cyber community wrap you in a warm proverbial hug and welcome you into the stream this morning. Want to say really quickly that Dwayne Clark over on LinkedIn is welcoming us and also sharing that starting a new role yesterday as a sec engineer for a great company, my first cyber role, have an incredible day, you bet. I think I think uh, Dwayne Clark's gonna be having an incredible day, my man. I came in Dwayne, straight crush it, homie. Straight crush it. Super awesome. Glad to have you here, Dwayne. You're already delivering value. You're keeping you're keeping sharp for the business that you're protected. Super happy for you. Congratulations, James McQuiggan with a coffee cup. Cheers. Good morning to everybody. Got the Simply Cyber mug today with the TCM security shirt. I'm repping. I went to the Citadel the other day and bought a couple pieces of gear. Uh, I'll tell you about that at Jaw and if you want. Oh, my God. And my, finally, the final thing I want to say. If this is your first episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, welcome. I'm not sure how you found us, but super pumped that you did. Let us know in chat. Hashtag first timer. We love, I love, I love welcoming the first-timers to the stream because I want them to come back ask Sherry ask Wargoons. Ask the people who have recently not just found the show, but became uh, a regular uh, Integral part of the morning chats and stuff seven also known as Dave. What's up pastor observer? Good to see you in chat Good to see you in chat this morning. Love it All right guys before we get into the news I do want to say thank you and shout out to the stream sponsors that allows me to bring this hot take bring all these hot takes to you every single morning, starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. You better believe that. BarricadeCyber.com, check them out. Links in the description below. Definitely, guys, here's what you really should do, right? If you don't have a plan at work on what to do if you get hit with a ransomware, right? Maybe you just call Eric, just have a conversation and say, hey, like, what what would it look like? And then he can answer that question. Uh, And just as a pro tip, like, when you get hit with ransomware, you don't want to be figuring it out right then. And on top of that, if you're using cloud infrastructure, like Office 365, like many of us are or aws like many of us are when there's a ransomware incident you need to provision access for people to come in and do ir like eric and his team do you really want to be messing around with provisioning access and giving permissions and crap during that or would it be i don't know uh beneficial to do it in advance then disable the access so eric can't get in there but then when you have an issue you just flip on the switch and boom you're off and running. It's all about time when it comes to ransomware response. Okay. Also, want to say shout out and love to Panopsi. Uh, get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. These guys are operating left of boom. If you are an information security practitioner, you're working in an industry, but you're a one-person shop. You're understaffed, underutilized. Maybe you're CISO, and you know you're trying to, with all due respect. Um, either fake it till you make it or you you know what to do, but you need someone from the outside to come in and tell management, which I know sounds ridiculous, but that is a reality. Sometimes you have to have a, ex, a third party say the same thing you've been saying in order for it to work. Panopsy Security can do that. They can come in, look at your people process technology and basically break it down and give you a three year roadmap on what you need to do in what order to develop uh, cyber risk reduction for your organization. Also uh, anti-siphon, but more about them at the mid-roll, Sit back, relax, and let's get into some... Series, it's oh, he's trying to beat her. Let's let the cool sounds of the hot news flashy. wash over us in an awesome wave. I will see you at the mid-roll. The headlines. It's Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. Thank you. Chat GPT. First ti- hashtag first-timer. Oh, maybe first... Okay, so Amen set a menu. Uh, Adonan, first-timer but loves the show. So I'm not sure you're a first-timer, maybe past observer, first-time commenter. I love it. All right, come on, let's let this wash over us. Awesome waves. Used in crypto botnet.
1: We've seen threat actors starting to explore uses for generative AI. Now researchers at Indiana University Bloomington discovered a new use case running a botnet. This saw the attackers operate over 1,100 accounts on the social network X tied to a crypto fraud scheme, with many using text from ChatGPT to create content and reply. Professor Filippo Menxer said they discovered the botnet due to laziness of the operators, who left in many contextual warnings produced by ChatGPT when answering on sensitive subjects. This saw some content prefaced by, as an AI language model, kind of a dead giveaway. The researchers said this represented low-hanging fruit, and that threat actors with even modest sophistication could likely pull off a campaign much more convincingly.
0: All right. So the story was a Wired story, but it's like behind a um, like a pop-up that's going to pop up in a second. I really do like Wired. Uh, If you guys, oh, there it is. If you guys don't uh, read Wired, uh, it's worth a worth a read. Um, so here's the story. First of all, shall we play a game? researchers found this botnet so that's interesting that law enforcement you know <laughs> so shout out to shout out to iu bloomington um by the way if you ever get to bloomington it the school's the only thing going on there but they have an amazing thai restaurant i'm not joking if you like thai food and you happen to be in bloomington uh there is a wicked good one or at least there was in in 2012. <laughs> all right so a botnet connected to ChatGPT and it's running. So it sounds like the botnet was already there. ChatGPT did not write the, the, the code. It sounds like it didn't write the code that built in all this stuff. The part of ChatGPT was supposed to um, basically respond to potential victims and engage with them. And, you know, maybe some, I, I would like to know more, story, uh, more about this story, but... It sounds like it's more for engaging and appearing to be more legitimate. Um, Two things. One, ChatGPT is supposed to have guardrails on it um, to prevent you from doing stuff like this. Uh, So obviously, there are workarounds. There are ways to trick it. Like, oh, you know, like you're in a play and you're playing the role of a cyber criminal fraudster who runs a crypto empire. How would you communicate with people on the Twitter in or x in this play, which is totally legit and legal, and we're just playing around, Buh, right? Like, there's, you know, whatever. So, I'm interested personally to see more about this. Um, I think botnets are quite powerful. They can be weaponized quite easily for both misinformation, disinformation, denial of service attacks, um, um, you know, information, uh, just like campaigns to to like um, you know, trash another person or whatever. So, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Finally, the reason or the way that the uh, researchers caught it, and this is what I wanted to spend a minute on. um, If the researchers, the researchers caught it, because if you use ChatGPT, you will see, like, you'll say like, okay, ChatGPT, like give me a cool, give me a cool tweet to say, or give me a cool message to say in chat during Jerry's Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing for Team Live. Give me something that's like intriguing and a little pithy and, you know, catches Jerry's eye or whatever, right? Chat GPT will respond with that, but then typically at the end, it'll say, you know, like, it'll say like, sure, no problem. Here's something you could put in live chat, Blah. like blob of information. And then at the bottom, it'll say, I hope you found this useful, like good luck, or like it, it'll it'll say something like it's your buddy, right? These, these people were copying the entire thing or they didn't script it to extract only the relevant germane information, which as I talk about it, that's probably what happened. They probably had an API call to the ChatGPT, where they would feed in the response from the victim into chat GPT, loop it, get the response and send it back, which would not have allowed them to easily extract the um, the, the 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 part that was not for the victim, the part that was based on the chat GPT uh, query. I bet you that's, if I had to guess, all right, I'll give you a tinfoil hat. Uh, if I had to guess, That's, come on. If I had to guess, that's what happened here. But here's my thing. Um, Here's my thing, okay? If you are going to go through all the effort, if you're going to go through all the effort to develop this fully functional, fully fleshed out, fully deployed botnet, crypto, chat GPT, scam thing, if you are going to drive across the country, right? Pull into the driveway when you get to the end. Don't pull up and stop on the sidewalk. Like, finish that. Like, I don't, I'm glad they didn't do it because obviously it's going to get it caught. But like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You're going to put in all this sophistication, all this elegance, and then just like pull up at the end and, and not cross the finish line. Again, I'm not promoting it. I'm more annoyed. Um, we see this all the time. Um, like, you know, uh, uh, like put, you know, like, like a great example. My, my good, my close friend, Pete, gave me a good example that's completely relevant here. He asked his son to go get a piece of firewood. There's, you know, they, they have a wood burning stove, big firewood p- pile in their yard. Eight-year-old, go get a piece of wood. You know, they're split logs. Okay, child goes and then moves every single piece of wood in order to find the lightest piece of wood to make it so he has to carry the lightest piece of wood into the house and not burden himself. Meanwhile, he literally spent ten minutes lifting every single piece of wood until he found the lightest one. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, just if like do just do the work. Fastest path is a straight line. Doing all these squiggly lines to to save, save a nickel. You spending a dime to save a nickel is killing me. It's killing me again. Super glad they caught it. I'm. I don't know why I'm championing so hard for this threat actor to get their their, uh, web dev or their development uh, tighter. But anyways, I, I, I digress. It just annoys me. Like it just, it frustrates me when quality gets compromised for lack of like, you know, we have mistakes on the channel all the time. My audio goes out. I do manual sound effects, all these things, but it's not because I was like, oh, about to launch the show. I could sit here for 30 seconds and sip some coffee or I could launch my soundboard. Nah, just going to drink the coffee. We'll call it a day. Like, what are we doing here? Come on, man.
1: Brits tipping off ransomware targets. The records Alexander Martin profiled the UK's early warning system operated by the UK's National Cybersecurity Center. This provides tips to organizations being targeted by ransomware groups. Over the last three months, early warning provided tips to one organization. Every- Hold
0: on. What? What is up with the stories today? Everything's wrong with the stories. hold on. Brits tipping off ransomware targets. How did how did this story not get clicked? All right, hold on one second. Told you this is this is built on the fly. In three days, there we go. although this represented only about
1: 2% of detected events. This combined signals gathered by UK intelligence agencies with public, commercial and other inputs to detect early stage targets. UK officials say it set up early warning as an opt-in service because alerting organizations remains challenging. For those not enrolled, finding points of contact remains inconsistent, as does convincing organizations that the notification isn't a scam itself.
0: Tesla. Okay, so two things. One, um, we are going to talk about this, but let, I, I do want to spend another minute on this one. I'm sorry, guys. This, this is just one day where, like, this is sand in my shorts and I can't, I can't this botnet, right? Here's the thing. I get that you want to move fast and break things. Okay. Like, oh, we're, we're a tech startup, right? We, we have three developers and we're going YOLO. And we didn't know it until we pushed in and in production that it was going to have this chat GPT problem. That's fine. But it sounds like it was just left to iterate. Like I get it that you can deploy something that's not a hundred percent right into production, but If you're going to do that, you've got to look, maintain it, software development life cycle, iterate, agile life cycles, two weeks, scrum. Like, what are you doing? Like, it just, I don't know why I'm so bent on this story, but it just, I've seen it so many times in non-criminal applications where you push something out to production and it's not fully baked. And then they're just like, oh, let the, like, let, let it rain money. Let's go! Tacos for everybody! It's like, bro, no, like this is not this is beta. We're beta right now. You need to continue until it's Ugh. I'm sorry. It really is chapping my my butt right now. Alright. Focus. Okay. So British intelligence is tipping off ransomware targets to disrupt attacks. This is awesome. Okay, so you gotta remember, guys, threat intel analysts, sock puppet accounts, dark web. Ransomware groups are very large organizations. They're you're not I mean, with affiliates, yes, you're getting some one off lone wolves, but gone are the days of um like really like single lone wolf operators who are are, are uh, not revealing what they're gonna be doing until it's uh, too too late. Now with Threat Intel and these larger organizations, there will be indications. They will get initial access to a business and and then kind of scope it. And say like, because a lot of times, and we saw this with Clop um, ransomware and move it, they they they'll get overwhelmed with victims, which is ridiculous uh, economy or uh, spoils, but they won't be able to really monetize it. So what they'll do is they'll attack a bunch of organizations, break in, figure out which ones are the juicy ones, and then ransomware them and do data exfil. Because British intelligence and by the way, United States intelligence also has this, has. Operators operating in those dark web forums as trusted uh, trusted uh, associates think of undercover agents, right? They are able to give uh, indication that hey, you know, Illinois Hospital, hey, uh, Tesla, hey, you know, whatever bank, you're likely about to be targeted. So like, get your stuff in order, get your backups in order. Obviously, like, shut down, shut it down, shut it all down, whatever. Um. It is good. Only 1 in 50 targets are being alerted, which sucks because that's wicked low. That's 2% of all ransomware targets. So uh, we'd like to see those numbers bumped up a little bit, obviously. But way to go, um, law enforcement. I, I love it. Way to go, law enforcement. Um, you know, Let's see this uh, continue to bump up, but super pumped. This is a great initiative, and I, I hope that other intelligence communities uh, move forward with this. They may already be doing it, frankly, with like Fortune 500 companies and just not saying it publicly because now threat actors may be uh, trying to like go to the mattresses or tighten up their circle um, when they see this story because they're like, oh, we have a mole in here. Uh, We need to like root out the moles. Data breach caused by insiders. This
1: comes from a data breach notice filed with Maine's attorney general. An investigation by the EV maker found that two former employees leaked data on over 75,000 employees in the German newspaper Handelsblatt. This included names, employment records, and social security numbers, reportedly including CEO Elon Musk's. The publication told Tesla it wouldn't publish any personally identifiable information. Tesla filed two lawsuits against the former employees that allegedly leaked the data.
0: Malware. Turned- All right. Uh, Combat Carl uh in the U.S. right now, catching the show team live. Welcome to the live stream, Carl. All right, Tesla says breach impacting seventy five thousand employees. That might be all employees, frankly. How many employees does Tesla have? Tesla employee headcount. I wonder what their discounts are too. Interesting. One hundred twenty seven thousand. Okay, geez, much much higher than I thought. So seventy five thousand, about sixty percent of their workforce impacted by a data breach. Uh, insider job. Guys, this is why um, least privilege is a thing. What is that? AC6? Hold on. Little NIST fact check. Let's see what AC6 is. Least privilege. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, boy. I came in like a All right. All right. So Circle gets the square on that one. Um, Tessa... Dude, least privilege is hard to do, okay? Privileged access management is hard to do. Having auditing on people accessing files that they should have had access to yesterday and do not have access to tomorrow, uh, it's difficult, right? And with 125,000 employees, it gets really complicated to audit, track, and search all that. Um, I will also say Tesla has, uh, I don't want to say bigger fish to fry because I don't want to downplay the uh, value of people's per- personal information, like their social address, all that other stuff. Tesla's got a lot of intellectual property floating around over there. They have the fastest charging electronic vehicle. They have you know, patent battery, te- battery technology. I've even heard people say, um, I haven't given this enough thought to have a firm position, but I've had someone very strongly argue with me, uh, even though I wasn't arguing back, but they were like arguing with me. Um, that Tesla is a software company. Period. Full stop. They are not a car company. They are a software company. Um, so software, obviously, proprietary. A lot of money, value in that. So, um, so that's the deal, right? It got breached. It got caught. Insiders suck. Hopefully, um, I'd say hopefully they learn from this. But, dude, I'm telling you, any organ, like when you get above, like, say, thirty employees, um, and I'm not joking. I'm not being hyperbolic. When you get north of like 30 or 40 employees, lease privilege becomes hard because you're like, oh, like, you know, we're, we're growing here. Like give, give uh, B sec the same access as Carl or, you know, like, oh, like we just hired, who did we just hire? Bruno Alberto. We just hired Bruno Alberto. He's going to be working with elite gunslinger, elite gunslinger, uh, or HR or it give, uh, Bruno, uh, the same access as Elite Gunslinger. And the problem is Elite Gunslinger's been here for like five years and done multiple jobs. And now Bruno's got all that access too. Like that happens all the time, right? Uh, Or or it's just <laughs> right click, apply permissions, everyone. <sniffs> problem fixed, right? Oh, I can't access it. I can't access it. I can't access it. And in the back end, the IT people are just like shaving off um, permissions. Like they're peeling a carrot they're like, Shh, can you do it now? Nope. Peel carrot. Nope. Peel carrot. Nope. Peel carrot. Yeah, I can access it. Cool. Let's let it go. And in reality, all you did was just strip all the permissions away from everything. Um, so anyway, anyways, yeah, so it sucks. Heads up. If you work at Tesla, if you ever worked at Tesla, chances are you're going to get two years of identity theft protection. You're going to get a notice that they take security and privacy seriously. It's going to look like it was written by chat GPT. And you're going to be right back where you started. Unfortunately, this is a this is an interesting story for me to flip out about how hard um, access is to manage, but not anything uh, we can do anything about. There are, for what it's worth, by the way, there are identity and access management solutions like SailPoint, for example, which you will see. And there are people who are identity and access management experts in like large organizations. That's what they do. If it's done well, it can be done. The second thing I'll say is the entire organization needs to buy into it because you don't just do identity and access management in a vacuum. It rolls permissions into applications. You need the app people involved. You need high-end applications that can involve integrations. You need management to buy in so they don't approve Whoever getting all the access that they don't need, etc. PCs
1: into proxy servers. Researchers at AT AT&T Alien Labs discovered a threat actor operating a proxy service using over 400,000 exit nodes. While the service claims to get user consent to install these nodes, the researchers found signs that malware silently set up the nodes on infected Windows and macOS PCs. Written in Go for easy cross compiling, the malware also used a valid digital signature to allow for installation on the more locked down Mac OS. Aside from setting up the proxy exit node, the malware also installs adware and uploads further system information. And now- all
0: right. Um, so this is pretty clever. So for all of my. um, For all of my flipping out of the first story and you know, <laughs> kind of like reckless software development practices. This is obviously a different threat actor, a uh, different software shop. These individuals used Go, which is cross-platform compatible, which means you can compile it to run on Mac, M1 silicon chip, Intel processors, whatever you want. The Qualcomm, Dragonfire, Dragonfly, whatever. Um, it Go just allows you. And by the way, don't think that Ghost started this trend. Okay, there was a little bloated, unbelievably unnecessarily um, over-the-top programming language called Java in the late '90s. That that was its claim to fame. Oh, Java! Write once, run anywhere. I don't want to get into it. I, that Java was part of my bachelor's computer science program. It, it, it's like it's like it's like thirty lines of code to like write Hello World. I'm being slightly. Hyperbolic. Okay, so this individual um, wrote malware um, and basically allowed the allowed the proxy website claims that it exit. Basically, it looks like they set up like a little kind of like tour network with a bunch of infected uh, systems. I, I didn't really understand fully what was going on here. Um, so the the malware is capable of targeting Windows and Mac. We 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 understand that. Um, there it's silent install. So EDR isn't catching it. Anti-malware is not catching it. Uh, okay. It says that people have agreed. So this, this is basically a botnet with 400,000, um, nodes in it that allow you to, uh, reroute proxy requests. They are able to digitally sign the certificate. So to me, this is probably something that it, this sounds a lot like the way that, um, Tor clients look like, right? So there is a established um, utility that would make this look real. So therefore, getting the um, the certificate to sign the software on macOS to make it even look more legitimate. Um, it's not inc- It's not immediately clear to me how you weaponize this, right? Like the 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 reverse the proxy servers and the exit nodes, um. I guess is malware because it allows you to opt into this network. But what I don't get, it's not malware. It's like, that is not the problem. That's not the victimizing of the user or the endpoint. Although your, your, your endpoint is opting into something that you probably don't want to be part of see co-opting. But at the end of the day, like it's not, it's not ransomware. It's not stealing your information. It's not, you know, it, it's, it's, it's using your machine uh, at some other point for future uh, utility of malicious intent. Um, here we go. It's configured to gather information about the hack system, right? CPU memory utilization, so just performance metrics. Um, oh, here we go. It's actually it can deploy additional malware. No, 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 uh, nothing there. So I guess maybe this person rents it out, right? So my machine's encrypted, or excuse me, my machine's infected. I've got a, a, G, a GPU. Uh, in an NVIDIA 3080 or whatever it is. Um, so you can crypto mine on my machine and they'll give you access to it. I suppose that's it. Sorry, I don't have a better assessment on this one. Um, uh, sorry, I don't have better information. I mean, on this one, basically maintain, I would tell you two things with this one, and this is for practitioners. One, um, maintain you should have visibility right if all of your G- cpus are pegging out if multiple users are calling in and saying that their computer is slow which they often do anyways um it could be infected with this thing potentially um also this is just acting as a proxy server so there will be traffic going in and out so if you see a bunch of nodes in your network going somewhere that it you know doesn't make any sense c2 network etc obviously an indication of compromise what's up a witherspoon Now a word from our sponsor, HyperProof.
1: Imagine you have an audit coming up, but instead of the usual rush, you actually feel prepared. You've collected your evidence. You can see which risks have been mitigated. And best of all, you don't have to send out any last minute emails to other teams begging them for that one screenshot. Sounds like a dream, right? With HyperProof's risk and compliance platform, this could be your reality. Get
0: a demo at hyperproof.com. .io. All right. I didn't know. I didn't see any first-timers. Uh, Bsec, I responded. I don't see any IOCs in here. Um, great question. I would love to see IOCs, honestly. IOCs being indicators as a compromise, something you could look in your environment to do threat hunting to see if this malware uh, actually has deployed. Unfortunately, I don't see them. Hey, if it's your first time here uh, and I missed it, welcome. We do this every day. Let's get some of that. All right, good morning everybody. Hope you're getting good value from the show. We're at the bottom of the hour. This is perfect Um, We always take a minute at the mid roll to have some fun if you're first time here uh, Thank you for being here if you for all of you 326 of you beautiful people if this is uh, Educational to you if this is entertaining to you if you're getting both education and entertainment Do me a favor and hit that like button it goes a long way to um, triggering the YouTube algorithm to tell other people searching for cybersecurity content that um, that you like it and therefore they might like it. That's how we get a lot of these um, new com- newcomers, first timers in here. So please uh, do do me a favor, do me a solid. Uh, go ahead, hit that like button. Genuinely appreciate it. I want to thank the stream sponsors again: Barricade Cyber, Penobsi, Um and Anti-Siphon Training. Anti-Siphon Training from Black Hills Information Security. They are disrupting the traditional training industry by providing high quality, cutting edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position. They offer their students skills, um, practice when it's taught, and engage in their community in a fun, inclusive way. I love Black Hills Information Security. I love Anti-Siphon Training. I love all the people that work over there. I'm friends with many of them. I'm such a champion of their business, and uh, John Strand leads them, and he's just a phenomenal guy. Space Taco's got the John Strand emote. John Strand's awesome enough that he has his own emote for the squad members, John Strand. All right, I wanna call your attention to the Pay What You Can courses. You can access it by clicking the link in the description below, going to training, Pay What You Can training. Check out these eight courses um, right here. They're all whatever you can afford as low as $0, as high as I think $5.95. They won't take more than that. The next one is this Thursday, August 24th, miter Attack Framework and Tools. That's a good one. Giddy up on it. Um, James McQuiggan, my man. All right, so definitely giddy up on that. All right, guys, every single day of the week has a special thing. Oh, we're gonna do the uh, Simply Cyber um, Community Challenge. Sean Peralt, right now, Sean Peralt has the baton. Sean, if you could tag somebody with the baton, every single day we do the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. One member of the community, Sean Peralt, currently has the baton. Sean will tag somebody with the baton and they will accept it and go on LinkedIn, post their cyber story and hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge in the post. Now, for all of you, if you want to hack your LinkedIn feed, make it more useful, build an inclusive, supportive network, get awesome cybersecurity content in your LinkedIn feed. This is how to do it. Go find this hashtag on LinkedIn, connect with the people who are posting and commenting, and then you yourself comment so you get picked up in the Peloton. Every day, give me two weeks, I guarantee you're gonna see a traumatic impact into your LinkedIn feeds and your community. So don't sleep on that. Sean Peralt, please tag someone. Um, uh, we got Super Chats coming in here. Uh, James McQuiggan says, I feel like Jerry and I have been friends for years. Smash that like button, coffee cup cheers. Mad Chess King, you to man. We just become best friends. Yep. Absolutely, I do consider James Mcquigan a good close friend, love that guy. Um, Joe Gra- Gatsick with the Super Chat. Thanks Joe, become best friends. so yep. much. James McQuiggan with the 10 subs. Giddy up if you're one of the 10 lucky people who are picking up those squad memberships. Grab that emo tray and take advantage of it. We got the Oprah's coming in hot. And then every single day of the week has a special, oh my God, Barricade Cyber just coming over the top with a 50 spot. With a 100 spot. Oh my, oh. Oh my God, okay. Oh my God, okay, like, just, yeah. You guys like okay, so this happens from time to time where chat basically buffer overflows me, and I just I just melt I just turn into the emoji that's like the smiley face into a a, a yellow puddle, a melting. This is what's happening right now. So for those who are new here and don't know what's happening, James McQuiggan just gave uh, ten squad members uh, uh, membership. Barricade Cyber Solutions, Eric Taylor and his group just gave a hundred squad member membership. We are probably at a thousand members right now. I'm gonna have to report on this. I've just ah, a, a denial of service attack on the host of Simply Cyber. I don't know what's going on. Tidbits Tuesday is supposed to be uh, something about me uh, that we might share in common. I share it uh, once a week. I am. This is overwhelming. I'm not sure what to do. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So real quick, Tidbits Tuesday. I'm super pumped. Super excited. The Buffer Overflow Studio, which seems totally appropriate right now, is um, we're getting the final piece of cabinetry in Thursday. This weekend, it's gangbusters on the Buffer osier flow. I think we might be breaking the bottle of champagne on the door on um, early next week uh, after the move-in and setup, so stay tuned for that. I'm like sweating through my shirt right now. Thank God it's a black shirt. Woo! My goodness, um, I'm gonna do what I can to to, to push through the push through for Jawjacking. But, dude, if you're one of the 110 uh, souls who just picked up a squad membership, give give up um give it up for uh, Eric Taylor, James McQuiggan. I don't even know what emote makes sense right now. I guess the Spicy Guys, and then maybe the Toasties, and then the, the Hacker Mans. Get in there. You got access to all of it. Holy Jesus, I'm not even sure we're going to be able to finish this, <laughs> finish this episode. Woo! All right, let's let's see if we can knuckle under and get going. Seiko wishes it could turn back time after
1: ransomware. Attack. Wow. The LV ransomware organization listed the iconic Japanese watchmaker on its victim site, claiming successful cyber attack earlier this month. The company disclosed a data breach to regulators on August 10th, saying an unknown actor gained access to its servers on July 28th. No word from Seiko on what data the attackers accessed. AlphaV's leak site claims to have production plans, technical schematics, employee passport data, and release dates on new models. Researchers at Curated Intel informed Bleeping Computer it spotted an initial access broker selling access to a Japanese manufacturing company that seemed to match Seiko's profile on July 27th.
0: Hacker. All right, so Seiko, I guess it might be time to talk about this story. <laughs> All right, no. so check it out really quickly. Um, Seiko, you might, you know, you might be like, oh yeah, Seiko, they make watches. Or Casio, yeah, they make watches. Like, you don't really think about it. But at the end of the day, they are a manufacturing company. They're manufacturing timepieces. They have distribution channels. They have tra- they have to transport and, you know, like logistics around um, taking it from the factory to their warehouses, to their wholesale vendors, etc. Uh, intellectual property around developing the new watch, right? It's, you know... So there's a lot going on here for a company like Seiko. They're probably a massive company. Let's do what we always do with this. Seiko annual revenue, let's get those numbers. $9.9 billion, $9.9 billion. I would not have thought that high, but there you go. Uh, Seiko, a $10 billion company. So Black Cat, Alfie, a tier one ransomware threat actor group gets in them, gets into them through an initial access broker. This may, I'm not sure if Alfie is a, um, ransomware as a service model, but it, it doesn't matter. Uh, they got in, they stole a bunch of information, uh, schematics, personal information. So they're stealing all of the data types, right? Um, basically all the things that can screw this business, right? Employee data, probably customer data, intellectual property data, internal memos, business stuff. It's, it's their host, right? Yeah, what what I wanna tell you is a couple things. One I don't know if Seiko decided to not pay the ransom. Typically, um they can pay the ransom and make sure that this is uh not happening. But the thing I wanna to bring to your attention, okay? Barricade Cyber Solutions needs to get a Gerald a branded logo for Barricade Cyber Solutions. Get a branded logo? Well have Oh, hold on, is that the is that the logo is this logo incorrect? What are you talking about? Here, Eric. Message in chat. We'll have to figure it out. Uh, whatever you're talking about. Um, and by the way, I think we might have room for two new emotes in for the squad members. So we'll have to check, it, uh, check that out. If Eric is saying we got to change this from the dark mode logo to the light mode logo, let me know. Guys, here's the thing I want to tell you, okay? Here's the thing I want to tell you. This story, they report that it was initial access uh, brokers... We were on dark web form selling access on July 27th. Okay. On July 28th is when they had the issue, the breach, right? So someone sold it. The next day, someone activated and executed on it, right? Like, way to, way to, way to, you know, be all walk, not all talk, right? So here's what I want you to notice though today is August 22nd. This is a month ago. July 28th is when they got initially hit. So when you think, and this is why I want to emphasize this, especially Barricade Cyber, right? Like Barricade Cyber, we talk about them all the time. He just did hundred subs and a $50 super chat.
1: Did we just become best friends? Yep.
0: Thank you for the super chat. So this guy right here, this is him, Eric Taylor. When we talk about, oh, ransomware incident, get, you know, get in touch, you want to be ahead of it if, in case you hit it, Seiko, They got hit, and it's a month later, and they're still screwed. Like, do not think because you have backups. Don't think because you have backups. If you got ransomware, you'd be up in a day, right? Oh, no, no, no. We'll, We'll be right back up. No problem. It'd be like hitting a speed bump at 80 miles an hour. No big deal. That's not how it works, especially when your business is larger, and you have more entanglements, more complexity, more hands in the kitchen, if you will, more... Just it like, it is so foolhardy, and I see it all the time with with IT people, especially. But and no disrespect to IT people, I'm an IT person as well, kind of. There's a lot of faith in like, oh, we can recover right away. We have backups, and like that's the end of the conversation. This is a company. It's a month later, and they're still like dealing with this issue. The average ransomware. Incident lasts a week. Average lasts a week. You know what I mean? So if you think that you're some special snowflake and you're going to be done in an hour, you're you're mistaken. Okay? So just, this is the takeaway from this particular story. Claims
1: Bolsonaro asked to attack the voting system. At a congressional hearing, Brazilian hacker Walter Delgado Neto claimed he met with then-president Jair Bolsonaro ahead of the country's 2022 election, who asked him to access Brazil's electronic voting system. This was reportedly part of an effort to undermine credibility in that system. When told that the system didn't connect online and wasn't vulnerable to a network attack, the president's campaign asked him to alter a voting machine to make it appear compromised. Delgatti did not furnish any evidence with these claims. Bolsonaro's lawyers denied his allegations, although they did
0: confirm the two men did meet. Wow. OK, uh, let me get this right. All right, this is what I'm talking about, man. This is what I'm talking about, okay? Again, this is not a geopolitical show. This is not a news. I mean, this is news, but this is not politically charged news. And for some people, that's what they want. And for some people, uh, they prefer like a hard line stance on one side where I'm taking one polarizing side and I'm trashing the other. That's not what we do here. Here is the deal and I'm not an expert in this. I'm basing it on what I just read. Again, I don't prep for these stories. The presidential election in Brazil had an outcome that the current incumbent president did not like, okay? I say this all the time. People in power want to remain in power. This is why privacy is important. This is why civil rights are important. This is why (laughs) keeping... um people in power with in in level of check in some way is important the exi- the incumbent president who lost asked a hacker to demonstrate that the voting system could be hacked in order to um demonstrate it could be compromised in order to point out that the election had been rigged apparently the voting system uh you know this is a good control is air gapped air go it's you need to there's no you can't attack it from the internet. It's physically not there. So then I guess maybe there was like, oh, maybe you can uh, do something else uh, in order to demonstrate that there's some issue uh, with this, this thing. Basically, what, what we're talking about here is um, manufactured, um, like a manufactured narrative that this president won even though they lost and they were going to use hacking. I, I'm going to say, guys, it's not that it sounds like a lot of parallels to the 2022 United States election and the, the dominion voting machines and, you know, they were hacked and then there were, there wasn't, you know, the evidence around that. And a lot of people in our industry came out and said uh, did investigations and also discovered that there was no um, compromises. So a lot of parallels, this is just kind of state of the union across uh, people who are in power and don't want to lose that power. Now, to, to drive this back onto the road and into our swim lane of cybersecurity, I do want to point out, if you're interested in this um, voting and d- democratic processes and cybersecurity, the intersection of those, it's a little late. Um, but at DEF CON, they have Voting Village, right? I don't know if you guys know this. Um, they have Voting Village at DEF where you can get engaged, hack uh, voting machines. Uh, typically you need like physical access. Like if you tried to do this at a voting poll on election day, you would look like a lunatic and you would absolutely get, um, tackled to the ground because a lot of times in order to properly hack these things, you have to like get behind them and take the screen off and all these other things. But there is a, um, niche in our industry where you can get into this also. Um, I would be remiss, um, if I didn't bring up Jen Easterly, um, on November 9th, the day after or a couple days after, uh, election day voting, um, Jen Easterly, let me get my Jen emote, Jen emote, um. She came out, I, I know this doesn't look interesting, but she came out and made a bunch of um, statements like, uh, I want to express my gratitude for the election workers. We have seen no evidence that any voting mach- system deleted or lost or changed vote. So even Jen Easterly's coming out um, and, and, you know, reinforcing um, public, uh, just reinforcing and reassuring the public that everything is on the up and up. Guys, again, this isn't a political show, but like, the second we like lose complete integrity in the democratic process, we're in really big trouble, um, uh, you know what I mean? So look at some other countries that are run in a more authoritative way and, and think just for a minute, how would you unseat, the, if, you're, if you're unhappy with that particular form of government, what would you, you can't, you know what I mean? Like you can't, so let's keep going. UK government wants more cyber explorers in february really quick harish kumar saying will their defcon talks be out absolutely um harish it does take a little time for defcon to release them i will say that i'm not 100 certain if someone in chat knows i'm not certain um that the villages talks are actually released i know that the main def tracks are released I don't know if the Voting Villages are released. You'll have to let me know, chat, one way or the other. In 2022,
1: the UK launched Cyber Explorers, a free program to introduce cybersecurity concepts to 11 to 14-year-olds. The UK government renewed calls for schools to sign up for the program in an attempt to build out the cybersecurity skills pipeline. Roughly 2,000 schools have already signed up for Cyber Explorers. Earlier this summer, the UK Cybersecurity Skills in the UK Labour Market's 2023 report found that 51% of businesses lack basic cybersecurity skills.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so um, again, guys, if you've been paying attention for a minute, the UK and the United States are like besties. Okay, like we 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 drink together, we call each other on the weekends. Um, if it was 1987, we'd be on the on the, the house phone, like twirling the, the cord around our finger. I know some of you youngs don't know what that means, but like, and then like yelling at your brother to get off the phone, I'm on the phone, I can hear you breathing, right? Like I know what that is. So we in the United States have been doing, uh, pushing this uh, initiative around education, K through 12, educating the younger upcoming workforce, um, to be cyber smart, cyber hygiene, a lot of money being pumped into cyber education for workforce development, i.e. transitioning into cyber. Uh, So the UK is doing things uh, very similar. So that was my whole thing about the besties. Like you see the UK and the United States moving lockstep, which by the way, is why on this first story, when I'm talking about British intelligence doing things and I just set off the cuff, I bet you the US is doing this too. It just hasn't been in the news. It's because, you know, UK pip pip in the US we have different styles right we're more we're more brash and rugged and they're more polished and um you know professional but at the end of the day we're very similar okay don't let uh, you know a revolution from 300 years ago tell you otherwise all right so anyways they are doing this thing their their initiative is called Cyber Explorers it's a free learning platform for 11 to 14 year olds introducing them to cyber concepts. What I would say is, it's around 2,000 schools. What I would say is if you're in the UK, two things here. One, if you're in the UK, get involved with this. Or if you have a child and you live in the UK, you should absolutely see if you can get part of this. Now, it says it's only for 2,000 schools, which makes me think that you can't access as a random citizen from the UK, which is unfortunate. Uh, But I could see this as a pilot type thing where they will release it eventually. The fact that they're making it free Uh, would lead me to believe they're not trying to, like, gate this. They might just be releasing it initially uh, to work out the kinks. Maybe that first story chat GPT people could take a page from their book. But look for it. Um, It kind of seems like digital Boy Scouts, frankly, or digital Boy and Girl Scouts. Um, Again, it's to address, this is a long play to address the workforce shortages uh, in the industry. More funding on the way
1: for rural broadband. White House infrastructure coordinator Mitch Landrew announced the government allotted roughly $667 million in grants and loans to build up broadband infrastructure in the rural U.S. This marks the fourth phase of funding for the program called Reconnect U.S. by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This will see 37 new recipients get funding. Alaskan providers will receive 15% of these funds, the most of any of the 23 states and territories included in the latest round. Oh my god. These will be used to ensure customers get access to broadband speeds up to 100 megabits per second, up and down.
0: All right, hold on one second. Finally, a quick correction. Two two things. One, uh, I've got to let the puppies out of this room before they break my door down, so give me a second. Uh, Talk amongst yourselves! Okay, so I'm compl- I am partially um I am partially torn on this particular story. Okay, so objectively what's happening? In the United States, many of us live near metropolitan areas, right? Many of us live in what are called suburbs, right? Uh, and then there's a couple of us who live off the grid basically, right? Um and getting at like for for me for example, we have looked at moving um, a couple times, okay? And for me, you know, you, you when you talk with your, your life partner, you know, it's like, okay, we're gonna move. Like we both wanna be happy. What are the requirements? Like what are so firm that you cannot accept uh, not having it, okay? And for me, my number one concern for multiple reasons is high speed internet, okay? Obviously I can't run Simply Cyber if I don't have an internet connection, that would be ridiculous. Um, although those like mobile pucks are actually getting pretty good, but my point is I need high speed internet. Number one, number two, number two is I need gas, uh, like for cooking. I, I I cannot cook on electric. Get out of here with that noise. Um, that's your tidbits Tuesday for today. Got to cook on, uh, gas. All right. But here's the thing. There are many, 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 many places in the United States that do not have access to to uh, some of them don't have access to internet. Period. But many of them don't have access to high-speed internet. They're still running like uh, you know, 10 megs or whatever, and it's not good. Now, this infrastructure investment tool, close to 700 million dollars, is going to build out the infrastructure to get high-speed internet to these regions. Now, here's why I'm torn. Okay, Alaska's getting 100 million dollars. Have you been to Alaska? I love Alaska. It's basically it's basically like uncharted, undeveloped territory. Like I love Alaska. I've been to Alaska. Alaska's awesome. It seems like, like it's not the wild west, but it seems like rough country, right? It doesn't seem like it wants to be developed and they're putting a hundred million dollars into driving there. Uh high-speed internet there. Same, you could see Missouri, $80 million, Oklahoma, California I don't know why California's getting that I mean they got plenty of uh, uh, metropolitan areas but okay so here's my thing uh, subjectively here's what I'm thinking okay subjectively I-, I I like getting infra I like getting high-speed internet to people I think that the internet is a requirement to function in modern society and I love high-speed internet okay now here is my other side of the the coin and you tell me okay guys you tell me tinfoil hat I'm going to fully fully disclose this tinfoil hat part of me even wants to make this part of jawjacking, okay dude this is 700 million dollars of taxpayer money and, and it's going to build high-speed internet to places that are uber rural okay so what why 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 okay get ready for this Break cash, Here's what I'm thinking. One, after the uh, post-pandemic and people are moving all over the place to less populated areas because they can do work, um, it would be nice if they had high-speed internet, right? So maybe that's a driver. Two, as we get more into online everything, right? Amazon is online. It's one of the biggest uh, companies in the world. Facebook Meta is online, one of the biggest companies in the world. Netflix, streaming content, you need high-speed internet, right? You want people plugged into the internet, right? So maybe there's a, you know, I'm thinking of like, uh, you know, dark smoky rooms with power players making decisions. They're like, oh man, there's like an untapped market of potential customers in Missouri. How do we get them high-speed internet? Let's have the government pay it, right? And they're like, oh yeah, nice. Like, I I don't know if any of this is true, but it just seems like... It just seems like a lot of money, of taxpayer money, federal money, to go to these areas in order to like ham-fist high-speed internet to them. Um, and, and it makes me wonder why. Is it really a genuine, righteous public service because you want um, these people in less-served uh, areas to have high-speed internet? Or is there more of a um, financial windfall for big, lucrative companies to be able to sell more product. I'm not sure. We'll talk about it in jawjacking. jacking. I feel like um, that might be a polarizing hot take Fancy! one way or the other. Uh, it looks like uh, CISO series is going to release. Uh,
1: um... Last week, we covered a warning from CISA to patch an urgent bug in Citrix's share file. While we reported on the severity of that bug, we didn't contextualize Citrix's response. The company released the patch on May 11th and subsequently blocked unpatched
0: hosts from connecting to share files cloud control panel. Oh, there we go. So that changes the risk a little bit. All right, guys, if you were here just for the news, uh, before you go, as I tend to do, before you go, I just want to let everybody know this Friday, I will be the guest on CISO Series Cybersecurity Headlines Weekend Review Wrap-Up. I will be flipping out and doing all the things that I normally want to do, uh, but I'll be on someone else's podcast. So ha! Ah, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Also, stay tuned. I haven't scheduled a Simply Cyber Live for this Thursday, but based on the community input, I did reach out to my cyber insurance um, expert, and he has agreed to be available at any time we want. So if I can get my crap together, I will be. Sorry, uh, Jaden. Sorry, Kennedy. Um, I'll get my stuff together. Um, It'll be this Thursday, but stay tuned for that. I just have so much um, going on. It's hard for me to schedule the Thursday lives right now. All right, guys, I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. We're going to pivot into jawjacking. I hope you got value. Hit the like button on your way out if you were here just for the news. Otherwise, I will see you in about 30 seconds for jaw jacking. Otherwise, see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for tomorrow's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, episode 435. Cheers, everybody. all right here we go let's get that chat up there boom baby boom let's get some midnight playing like obviously hold on where's the midnight gotta get we got it dude you can't operate a podcast without some like music underneath right let's let's blow this copyright out get something with a little bit of pepper there we go all right guys i hope you enjoyed the crap out of that stream that was a good one i gotta tell you before we get into uh jaw or let me uh jaw uh oh evan barnett accepted the community challenge Thank you, Evan Barnett. Um, We'll get into jaw jacking for a minute. Um, If you're still here, um, sorry that I lost my mind on this particular story, the ChatGPT one. Guys, I got to tell you, and some of you who have been around a while know this, but like I don't know what the stories are. I also don't know how I'm going to respond to the stories. Like I'm experiencing it with you, but I'm honest and genuine to myself. So if something is really pissing... if something's really irritating me, um, you'll know. And that one just annoyed me, it, which is, makes no sense because it was like a threat actor getting caught, but you know, whatevs. All right, here we go. Hashtag jawjacking. Let's see. Uh, if the government is paying for it, will it be free for those people? I wonder what the ISPs will be charging for this service. That's another great point. Talking about that crypto, uh, the ISP infrastructure bill at the end. You can build the infrastructure, but AT&T isn't going to be like, hey, no problem, like, enjoy your free high-speed internet. They're building the infrastructure, right? But you still need to pay to get the internet delivered to you. I didn't thank you, BSEC. That's like another complete dimension to, again, guys, you if you're ever concerned or confused on what is going on or why something's happening, ask yourself. Great cash, homie straight cash homie like wh- who's going to profit from it in capitalism i'm a, i'm a fan of capitalism right it, it's 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 okay it's an okay system but like you got to ask in a capitalism society who do these things serve Qu- all right so leon elliot just reaching out purchasing my voucher for Sec Plus. curious if anyone knows if there's a huge difference for study guides comptia on amazon practice Hust. any recommendations um leon I do not know off the top of my head because um, it's been a minute for me on SEC Plus. What I will tell you is that Jesse Johnson in chat right now, aka uh, Acid Burn, uh, Hack the Planet, he is running a Slain Security Plus uh, study session. Great networking! You're going to get a lot of value from it, Jesse. If you can drop the, a link in chat to the um, Discord, uh, I'll share that with Leon Elliott. Leon. My, my, my recommendation would be to start with, start there. And then if you want to get the study guide, go for it. But give this one a shot. I think you're going to enjoy it better. Jenny Housley's, or excuse me, James Randolph. Why don't I hear more about malware that mutates to avoid detection? Okay, good question. Hold on one second. A couple things, James, if I, if I had to, if I can lean into this. So James wants to know about polymorphic viruses. If you want to, uh, use the term that you'll find in like uh, security certification exams. Why isn't there more malware that mutates to avoid detection? Well, a couple things. One, there there is malware that mutates, but from what I have seen, and I'm open to malware analysts on chat to um to answer this question uh, in in greater detail. From what I have seen, you know, obviously David Bianco's Pyramid of Pain hash values um are the lowest tier and very easy to fix. I have seen uh, uh, Emmanuel Dark with the super chat. Um, uh, the whole IoT aspect for that project.
1: Can we just become best friends. Yep.
0: Not sure if you're talking about um, the it, the infrastructure bill or not, but um, thanks for the super chat. Let me. I'm trying to get Leon Elliot this this uh, Discord, and this is for everybody, not just Leon. All right, so James Randolph, here's what I'm thinking. Um, Writing mutating malware is not trivial. It's easier to just recompile the malware with a different um, hash value, uh, add a space into the the source code or whatever. It's easier to just do that and produce multiple different kinds of malware uh, and send those out to different victims. That way it's difficult for EDR uh, providers to write uh, detections for static analysis on on the hash values secondly you can have polymorphic viruses but the way that anti-malware solutions work they used to look at signatures right so static values they have since switched they do signatures still but they've switched to behavior based so when you are saying right malware that mutates if the if if the malware threat actors ttps is to use scheduled tasks in order to set up a C2 persistence mechanism and reach out to some IP address, you're asking the malware to change how it's going to establish persistence. And that's much, much more difficult to do, right? So it might it might do it a different way, but it's still doing scheduled tasks to an IP uh, with some frequency, right? So that's higher up in the pyramid of pain. That's my opinion on why you don't see more polymorphic viruses because the polymorphic really only addresses signature and static um, identification for for hash value versus the actual mechanisms of which it's achieving its malicious um, behavior David asks any recommendations on how to transition from security engineering into security management yeah absolutely hold on one second slug of my coffee coffee cup cheers By the way, look at this. I'm like double dipping on the TCM. You'd think I was like sponsored by Heath. (laughs) Let me, oh, now we're sponsored by IT career questions. There we go. Um, Give Zach some love here. Um, Here's the deal. Security engineer. If you're very technical, hands-on stuff, engineering, and you want to get into management, I would recommend two things to do, David. Number one, see if you can start getting, management of things, whether it's people like, Hey, can we put a junior on my team and let me manage them Two projects? Hey, we're going to be rolling out a new firewall, right? Or we're going to be putting in on network segmentation, whatever. Let me lead that project. Let me manage that project. Let me c- control the money. Let me control the resources. Let me control the project plan. Yes. It will be more work because you'll be doing the engineering work as well as the management work. But if your goal is to pivot into management, start getting management type functions and roles third thing bonus time third thing express to your CISO hey like really love this engineering gig I would like to begin taking on more management type roles I think I'm ready for it I think it's cool bring some suggestions. Like I just said, like, Hey, I'm really uh, interested in transition into management. I was thinking on the next project, I could take on more management type roles, dude. If you come to the boss or the CISO or whoever, and you're like, listen, I want to take on these other roles. You're making their life easier because they don't have to think of how do I f- manage? Sorry. How do I manage this? How do I resource this? You're, you're providing them solutions. And guess what? As somebody like I'm the kind of guy who likes to bring a problem and two two or three solutions um, to that problem with one of them being what I really want. And then I'll, I'll ham that one up and I'll kind of like call out the problems with the other ones, but I'm bringing solutions because you don't want, with all due respect, you don't want that person to have to think of a solution because you're making work for them. If you bring a problem, bring a solution, the work you're asking them to do is make a choice. And that's far easier. All of us make choices all day long. Okay, that's what I would do, David, I hope that helps. Lane says, I accepted a cyber analyst position that will turn into a GRC analyst, really new to the role, wondering if anyone would be open to further discussion the day-to-day of a GRC analyst role. Okay, two things. One, congratulations on the role. all right my friend super pumped for you lane second item that i will share with you okay again this is obviously I-, I will i will disclaim this as um you know obviously this is my course i i do um y- you know like so let me just point this out really quickly my grc analyst course which happens to be 40 percent off right now if you want to i think it's like 36 bucks it's 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 not prohibitively expensive if you use the code back to school, literally Lane, I go through I go through everything in an entry level GRC job, risk, audit, compliance, governance, frameworks, information security awareness delivery, how to do all of them, what the expectations are, where GRC fits in the bigger picture. You can just skip the last section, which is how to get a GRC job because you already did that, my friend. That's what I would say if you wanted the fastest path to understanding that entry level GRC analyst role, that is the fastest path. Ask anyone about the course, go get independent opinions. I I, I believe that you will hear good things. Um, if you wanted to take a more roundabout way, you can certainly, uh, there's some content on the Simply Cyber channel that's absolutely free to access on different GRC roles, um, like how to, you know, like risk and stuff. It's just basically your choices. There's a lot of like, Disparate information on GRC roll. And then there's like the curated uh bundled stuff that I just talked about. I hope that helps. Um Rachel. Oh wait, hold on. We got some super chats in here. Leonardo uh super chat. Higher speeds is cheaper to deliver from the ISP perspective. Maintaining those old lines has more operational costs than high speed fiber. Alright, first of all, Leonardo.
1: Can we just become best friends? Yep.
0: All right, we did just become best friends, Leonardo. Also, congratulations, Leonardo, on the OSCP. This guy's straight out there crushing it. Um, And he's bringing up another interesting straight cash, homie, um, homie. perspective on why this thing. Again, guys, I hate to be so cynical, but like when you see a $700 million initiative by the US government that seems to serve like a subset of the population, You got to ask like, what's the driver here? Like, yes, there's the righteous population that will be served in that need, but there's a lot of trade-offs when you make decisions like that. So like follow the money basically, okay? And and by the way, like good on Alaska. It's awesome if you live in the bush and you can, you know, stream Netflix, good. Marcus G with a super chat, Jerry, you the best. Oh, thanks Marcus, very kind of you. Wanted to see if there's any bug bounty hunters who would like to collab. I'm finally equipped enough to start Hacker One. Ooh. All right. So, quite, uh, really quickly, if there's a bug bounty person in chat, ping Marcus G. Uh, maybe we could uh, set up some type of. And you guys don't have to brand as Simply Cyber or whatever, but Simply Cyber is here as a community space in order to collaborate. Think of it as like a virtual hacker space. If you want, guys, I'm happy to create a bug bounty collab. Channel uh, on the discord server for you guys to work from um, I will tell you I've got some huge plans for This fall and next spring. I'm doing everything I can to um, um, I'm gonna do everything I can to stay on focus. I've got some major projects basically mid-september I'm going to do a, a, a presser for the simply cyber community kind of a state of the Union uh, quarterly, I'm gonna do a. All right. So here's some jawjacking. Okay, here we go This is why this is why you stay this is why you stay for the jawjacking. Okay, the 262 of you are about to get this about mid-september I'm going to hold a a, a Meeting it'll be a live stream and I'll invite anyone um, to come attend to it But I'm really targeting people who are simply cyber community members and I will be briefing you on a lot of massive major changes that are happening to me personally and to the simply cyber community all good things so don't anybody like sweat or or get concerned uh, by Jenny Housley alright so a lot of big things happening but as part of that initiative I just want you to know I will be holding quarterly state of the Union state of the simply cyber state of the whatever addresses for you as the community and what I will be doing in those is a couple things and one of them will disclose what I will be doing, what I will be focused on, what I will be delivering in that next 90 days. And then in 90 days because it's quarterly, I'll do another one and I'll I'll look back at what I told you I was going to do and then I will be held accountable, frankly. And I will be delivering on this because if there's one thing I, I want to be, it's accountable, all right? And I'll tell you what I'm going to do in the next 90 days. So all of this is a long way to say that I've got a massive project for Q4 that I'm super excited about. But to Marcus's point, one thing that I desperately have wanted to do, and if I can shoehorn it in, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find time because I'm doing the YouTube course as well. But if I could shoehorn it in, what I want to do is take naham sex bug bounty training and just do just do naham sex training right and and become bug bounty and do like a video series on like getting up to speed on bug bounty and then finding my first bug and then i'll basically stop doing that but i i want i i believe in naham sex training and con- and content and i think even like a grc dork like myself could take his content and get, uh, bugs and stuff like that. So that's something that I'm trying to do. Uh, but we'll see that, that I won't commit to from an accountability perspective. Um, all right. So let's keep talking. Where are we at here? Um, this coffee's wicked good too, by the way. Uh, I hope he doesn't focus on New England style IPA's why Gary do you think that the, the boats left or the trains left the station on those you think that fad is is gonna die out or, or you just don't like New England style IPA's are New England style IPA's just lazy IPA's because they didn't crash the um, they didn't crash the tanks right I mean that's all it is right it's like one less step of brewing and then they called it a new style Oh, my God, Carl, Ron, Carl, Um, straight up here crushing it. Um, Just finished a course, doing the GRC course next, then digital ethics. Just picking them up and putting them down. I love it. King Victory says, Hi, Jerry. Hope you're doing great. Great show as usual. I was wondering if you could drop the link to the Simply Cyber Discord. Uh, Yeah, you should should be able to do exclamation point discord in chat right now. Let me do it for you. See what's up. Justin Rower says, is Linux Plus worth sitting for? I would say no, just on the surface. Now, if you're trying to get a Linux administrator job, then sure. But again, for me, like Linux Plus, Network Plus, A Plus, those certs, they're fine. And like, you know, maybe they'll hold you accountable. But the knowledge that you need in order to pass the cert that is what is valuable understanding how to navigate around in linux is valuable being comfortable on a command line is valuable linux plus it's fine i don't know here's the thing i don't know a lot of hiring managers who are like i don't know this can't oh linux plus well hello you know what i mean like it's more like your your bullets say like oh like you know very comfortable on command line uh you know, like if you say you use Kali Linux for XYZ or you say that you built an Ubuntu-based honeypot or something like that, I know you know Linux because there's no way that you're able to do these things and not understand Linux, right? Um, Jesse Johnson saying GRC is dope, amazing place to start, finish, red team, GRC for life. Love it. Uh, Georgie's asking, is the pay it forward voucher that we give to a friend or is it toward a program with a special enrollment process? If the latter, who is eligible? All right. So a couple of things, Georgie. One, I discontinued the Pay It Forward. So if you're still seeing that, let me know because it it, it got really confusing uh, on how that thing worked. I have a list of people who bought the Pay It Forward, and essentially, I was um, like, basically, I don't I don't really tell people this because um, I just got so much going on, and I'm not trying to like pimp it. But like, I get DM'd all the time with people who have like special circumstances right like single mom just got laid off right for example or i had someone recently who's blind and is having a tough time getting education right it just there's different different stories they don't come in all the time but they come in periodically people i get an a load of dms right and um i've been using that list to pay it for basically like i like basically i'm the adjudicator on whether or not someone should pay it forward so that's the deal with that but because with all due respect I don't have time to manage it there's no like accountability I, I'm not like I'm not following up with those people to make sure that they're taking it like I I don't have time for that so I actually discontinued the pay it forward you shouldn't be able to buy it anymore I discontinued it I think months ago frankly uh, so that's the deal I will say Georgie if you want you can DM me and I can give you a voucher if you have somebody who's got some circumstances that you um, think you know it, it's a good it's a good fit. Um, let me know, okay? But but again, you shouldn't be able to buy that. Pay it forward. It became it became too like a, like t- here's a fun fact. The whole reason I even created the pay it forward and this is going to sound ridiculous, but these are some of the realities that I've encountered through Simply Cyber. The whole reason the pay it forward thing came out is because the course was originally $30 and I had multiple people reach out to me and say, this course is worth more than $30. I want to give you more than $30. I, I don't feel it's fair to you that it's only $30. How can I give you more money? Literally more people like than a handful, right? Like a lot of people. Um, so I created the pay it forward as a mechanism for people to pay more and do something for, um, others in the community, right? Cause we're all about inclusion here. And it it worked well and it was good, but but I, I it's difficult for me to maintain that list and make sure that you know there's accountability and I know people trust me and that's fine. I'm doing what I'm what I said I would, but like it's just it's just difficult, which is why I stopped it, okay. Um, all right, let's say, Hey, loading Ubuntu image on a VM is easier than you think. Absolutely, Fallon. You could do it in AWS if you want. Bill B says paid for was available yesterday. Thanks, Bill B. I'm going to actually take it for action to go in and address that right now. I thought I took that off um, yesterday. Also, Bill B. Thanks for purchasing the course. Um, Appreciate that. Let me check out. Let me check this out. I'm I'm like looking at it right now. I'm so like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, Let me see. GRC course. Oh my God. This coffee got me straight sweating y'all so good, but it's so like uh, let's do this. All right. Uh, get those, get those, uh, comments coming in. Oh, there's uh Tom Bishops in here. Yeah. I'll have to mess with this afterwards guys. I'm not exactly sure where it is. All right. What else we got? Does anyone have the link to the GRC course discount? Yeah, Laura Flores. Um, let me do this for you. So the the code is back to school, but I actually have a straight link that will do it for you. Um, oh, and oh, oh, and by the way, I would love to uh, share like another really cool initiative that I got coming up. We're always doing fun stuff here on the channel. All right, hey Laura, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there we go, Lara. There's the actual URL with the link in it. Um, you guys can giddy up on that. Oh my god! Yeah, the crank, the crank coffee. If you were here for the crank episode, holy Jesus, it's close to that. It's, I just don't feel as insane like my heart's gonna explode out of my chest. The crank episode. You people are uh, like sat or what is it? Uh, sadists too. Like a lot of people in the chat want me to get more crank coffee. <laughs> um all right, here we go. Um Fred Green's new to cyber just finished my course. Thank you, Fred. It's worth more than you charge. Well, thanks, Fred. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that. Guys, another okay, so 220 people. This will be part of my State of the Union address. I'm super excited. I love sharing uh, some some like insider stuff with Jaw and folks. Um here's my Plan, okay, I told Jesse Johnson this the other day. This is official. Like I haven't told anyone this. Okay, this is official. So this quarter, Q4, I'll be re- I'll be working and releasing Cybersecurity 101, which is a full college level semester long, and it'll be worth three college credits, by the way, transferable. Um, uh, cybersecurity course. Like it's 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 massive, right? Like 60 hours, 14 weeks. Okay that'll be cyber 101. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to develop a entire GRC career path, okay? So cyber 101, GRC analyst masterclass. Then I'm going to do uh, a course on how to do enterprise risk assessments. Like literally it'll be built like an apprenticeship where you get a client, you get an engagement, you do all the emails. Like I will take you alongside so you'll be able to job shadow me and You'll, be, you'll have assignments as well, because I'm the senior manager on the project and you're my junior analyst. We'll, we will do a complete enterprise risk assessment using NIST CSF and you will learn it and you will, you will have that skill when you're done. Then I will have a course on doing information security awareness correctly. I am so sick, if you guys know me, I am sick of people who think information security awareness is a PowerPoint. Like it is not, it, it is much more complicated it, and it, it it doesn't need to be complicated, but the elegance of it can be executed in, into actually modifying behavior of the people in your organization. And it's, it's, a, it's an art. Um, and there's a way to engage and there's a way to properly communicate all these things. So I'm gonna be doing that. And then there'll be a course on becoming a CISO. And when I'm done, you will have the entire GRC career path. You can start from nothing and get to CISO. Now that is a long A career path so it's not like you just take my courses and then you're ready to apply for CISO but believe me um the whole career path will be there okay don't tell anyone that's a big part of my uh state of the union address so so don't tell anyone okay the 220 people here shh, okay <laughs> don't say anything all right jose alfredo I- i'm working on it my friend cyber 101 will be q4 and then uh q1 will be um my my tv show with night studios And, um, I'll start working on the enterprise risk assessment. And then, um, by summer of, um, by summer of, um, 24, I'll have the enterprise risk assessment one. Take it easy, Nicole. (laughs) Uh, dropped on discords, uh, applying and then the cover letters just says that Jerry, Jerry said it. Thank you. Garfield McLeod. Shh. I built our company's SATE program we had a fully developed program water cooler talks were often about the monthly challenge Oh very cool Bill see Bill knows what's up love it I have some friends that are waiting for your Q4 course to drop I'm waiting for it too thanks Poner Joe good to see you West Coast Poner Joe I love Poner Joe he's been around um, I mean obviously you can see the blue branding on the badge but Poner Joe's he's like OG team replay so it's good to see you in live. Uh, <laughs> James Randolph. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, the Q4 course, I'm super pumped. I've uh, been working with that college in Massachusetts. We finally uh, got everything, all the I's dotted, T's crossed. Um, the dean is approved. The academic coordinator is approved. Um, it will be worth college credits. It, it's going to be sick. I'm super pumped. Um, you guys will see. Uh, Rhiannon says, "I keep seeing this debate on LinkedIn, but how technical do you need to be to get into GRC?" Okay, so Rhiannon, of all the of all the roles in information security, GRC is the one that is least dependent on technical prowess. However, you cannot you need to understand fundamental uh, concepts to do any role in gr in um information security. Okay, those concepts are networking and operating systems, okay? Again, you do not need a computer science undergraduate course in operating systems to be effective at GRC. But here's the thing, with GRC, usually like audit might be kind of your entry level job, that's a really great one. But if you're asking an engineer on how do they ensure secure communications and they're just like, oh yeah, no, no, it's all good. Like we we use RC4 to encrypt in transit to make sure that the AES-256 doesn't block the packets from flowing into the frames. And if you, know, if you look closely, you'll notice that the data headers are set with the SIN flag um, to establish authentication, right? All I just said was a bunch of nonsense, okay? But if you don't understand fundamentally how two computers talk to each other, you might be like, All right, that sounds good, compliant, right? So you do need to understand what's going on. Plus, um, like it'll give you better access to understand the bigger picture and allow you to unlock other knowledge. Basic networking, basic operating system, you should continue to educate yourself on technology uh, as well. So hopefully that answers the question. You cannot have no technical skills, that won't work. All right, will this course include the skill of translating a control from legal speak to C-suite speak? Um, Yeah. um, Well, I'm not sure which course you're talking about, Space Taco, Cyber 101 will not. The Enterprise Risk Assessment one will, because as part of that course, we'll do a threat, um, we'll do like a threat landscape assessment. And, you know, it's really about the impact. The the C-suite doesn't care about controls. The C-suite is concerned with impact right? What does this mean to me? Basically, anyone you deal with in any business, what they care about is what does this mean to me? So if you're telling them about some sick privilege access management solution, their eyes are going to gloss over if you say that that insider threat story from the Tesla thing won't happen, or it's a lower likelihood of happening. That's something that is impactful and means something to them. All right, Um, it's time, guys, uh really really great experience hanging out with you today the 208 that are still here thumbs up Mahala. is Mahala what does Mahala mean i i just said it and i realized i don't actually know what it means i know it's a cool way to um a cool hawaiian word what's mahalo mean Mahala. oh yeah thanks and gratitude mahalo all right so that does feel right um just a programming reminder guys this thursday so two days from now i will start teaching back at uh the citadel which is why the back to school promotion i'm running this week um i will go there will be no jaw jacking on tuesdays and thursdays there will be no jaw jacking on tuesdays and thursdays for the semester okay there will be no jaw jacking on the stream Tuesdays and Thursdays because I will be teaching I have to leave here and hot step it downtown uh, to teach. I did move the, my teaching to the uh, to the 930 slot in order to serve this community at 8am. But that's the deal with that. So come back tomorrow 8am Eastern. We'll run it back and do it all again. You guys have been great. My name's Jerry. This is simply cyber. Um, signing off. Be good to each other and stay secure. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.